0: Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Vlog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hochberg, and this is episode number 127. There is a very good chance that if you're taking a Royal Caribbean cruise from the United States, that one of your port stops is going to be at Nassau, Bahamas. It's among the most common ports that Royal Caribbean cruise ships visit, and that begs the question of what are some good shore excursion ideas for Nassau. This week, I'm joined by guidebook author Aaron Foster to discuss what some of the better choices are for these shore excursions in Nassau and... What the port offers for visitors. Here we go. There's so much that a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation offers guests to see and do from enjoying amazing food to participating in onboard activities, taking in Broadway entertainment, and enjoying time just relaxing, to name a few of them. But certainly a big aspect of any cruise vacation is the fact that your cruise ship will take you to ports of call literally around the world and quite often. One of the first questions people start to wonder about after they book a Royal Caribbean cruise is what to do on shore at the cities and islands that they'll be visiting. Among the eternal questions of cruising are what time is dinner, is the pool pool warm enough to swim, and. What shore excursion should I do? And that, of course, leads us right into this week's episode, where we'll look at one of the busiest cruise ports in the Caribbean, Nassau, Bahamas. Now, Nassau is a, is a port rural Caribbean and many cruise lines, in fact, visit throughout the year. And odds are, if you've taken a Caribbean cruise from the United States, you've probably been to Nassau. And to answer the question of what to do in Nassau... Well, I've turned to a friend of mine who knows cruising pretty darn well. She is one of the authors of the unofficial guide to Disney Cruise Line, whose 2016 guidebook just came out. And it's got over 300 pages of not just Disney Cruise Line information, which it has a lot of, but also lots of great port information as well. And I think for anybody who's just into cruising in general, it's a great resource. And she also knows way more about Broadway than I could ever aspire to (laughs) and is the writer of the most epic Christmas cards every year, bar none. It's Aaron Foster. Welcome to the podcast, Aaron.
1: Hi, Matt. How are you? You, you, you know, I. When I get sad and and depressed about myself, I'm going to come back and listen to this, and it'll make me happy. <laughs>
0: there you go. I every every word of it is true. You are you. I I'm amazed by not just your 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 breadth of knowledge about not just the Disney products but Broadway and and your creative ability. To me, uh, my my hat is my my hat is off to you, ma'am.
1: Why? Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> so, on today. Uh, Today's episode, we're going to talk about Nassau. This is, you know, what Aaron? This is kind of weird. I just want to take almost like a uh, a step back for a second because, you know, I find it almost funny that so many cruise ships stop in Nassau, right? It's like one of the most popular ports out there, but yet I feel like Nassau is a really hard port to figure out what to do. Why? Why do you think is that?
1: I, I, you know, that's a that's a wonderful question. That um, I was actually in Nassau. on the Disney Dream, uh, just this past week. And my family and I were like, why are we here? Um, we, we really actually couldn't figure out what the, um, you know, do they, I, I actually want to do some research. Do they have particularly inexpensive docking fees or, or, you know, who's cutting a deal with who, but, but I cannot actually figure out why it is so popular. Um, it seems really, um, over The day we were there, there were um, six ships in port, and it was a zoo. Um, so, yeah, I, I really—if I, somebody could tell me, I would love to know. And and um, you know, not not to get too too dismal too soon, but the the <laughs> crime the crime there is not that great these days either. So, uh, yeah, um, but it's it's as you said, it's it's nearly inevitable that you will end up there if you if you take a Caribbean cruise.
0: Absolutely. I think it I think it's just like real estate Aaron it's location location location
1: yeah right and
0: until until maybe Cuba opens up and becomes you know the the kind of destination for Americans it used to be back prior to the Cuban Revolution I mean Nassau is just I think just it it's the beneficiary of being really close to the United States right and right. building cruise facilities you know overnight it seems you know, to accommodate any size ship that comes there and hey, yeah. there's I guess they're savvy business people but it's just interesting because it's been a port that so many people have been able to go to for many, many years. In fact, I'm pretty sure my first cruise ever, which was on Disney Cruise Line back in the late nineties, was mm-hmm. in fact on we stopped in Nassau. I remember, that, that, I remember my, going to that there.
1: was exactly my experience as well. Disney Cruise Line in the nineties stopped at Nassau. Exactly. Yep.
0: Yep. So when we talk about things to do one of the big ones. The big thing that I think that, in fact, I've I've often said this many times as something to do in NASA, and we we traded emails before the show. And you kind of, I left it. You hinted at something, and I left it right there because I wanted to talk about it on the show. <laughs> Atlantis Resort. Now, Atlantis, for those who are unaware, is a large hotel resort that is actually very close to NASA itself. Technically, I think it's on Paradise Island, right? It's like it's right, a, right. Really there's close a, by. There's,
1: there's a bridge, but it's. It's basically ten fifteen minutes away by by bus, and you know if you had your private car and we're driving quickly, it's probably five minutes away. So it's it's a uh, it's, it's quite close to the port.
0: If if it, we were to put this into New York terms, Erin, this is almost like a different borough of NASA. Right?
1: Yeah, 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 yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go, I'm making it all come around. So, um, but you you had you hinted that you did not enjoy your time there.
1: Well, I had been to Atlantis previously and, and had sort of, you know, just done the the walking around bit. But I went with my husband and my three daughters. Uh, my oldest is nineteen, and my twins are sixteen. And we were doing the um, the Aqua Venture water park, and it it was just t- it was just too crowded. And there were people um, that were guests of the Atlantis Hotel that were saying, "I have spent, you know." Whatever many hundreds of dollars a night, and i can 't get a uh, a tube to go down the lazy river um, and and my daughter my oldest daughter, who's in college now, ran into a good high school friend there who was on another ship it 's that kind of situation where wow. we we're actually you know expecting to see somebody we knew it 's that much of a of a factory, and you know when you 're actually on the slide or on the their lazy river is fantastic, but We had to stand at the side of the river and beg people who were getting out to give us their tubes. So, you know, it was really like, like I told my kids like, okay, be cute and pathetic. So like some nice lady will (laughs) give you their tube, you know. And then when we were done, we were like trying to strategize like, like steak, you know, we want to give it to like a nice child as opposed to like some... Scary, you know. I I, I yeah. don't know. Not scary, but just like it was so um, mercenary, almost, you know. Right.
0: <laughs> no, I totally get that. And maybe what it is, and and I for, and I apologize if I didn't characterize this in the right way, Erin. I think it's not that so much that you have a problem with Atlantis. I think you have a problem that it's be, it's become so successful, it's become a victim of its own success. Well,
1: exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, I think the facilities were great. My kids, when they were on the water slide, they loved it. The beach is beautiful, but but it's. Um, It's almost in a way like going to a Disney park in that you've got to plan it, you've got to strategize where you're gonna sit, you've gotta make sure you know like which food booth you're gonna go to to get the right thing that your kid's gonna eat, you know. So it's it involves quite a lot of of planning and strategizing and it's not really necessarily a relaxing beach sort of situation. Sure, and I can understand that. If, if you know that going in, then you, can, then you can plan and do a little more research. And their, their website is actually fantastic with maps and menus and, and all that sort of thing. Um, another thing I just thought of is I'm, I'm now looking at um, the port schedule. And there are days when there are only one or two ships. Um, there, and I would say that that Atlantis on those days is probably fabulous, um but you can look i'm i 'm looking at various days here. there are some days that there's literally only one ship in port, and there are days when there are eight ships in port and that 's got to be a totally different experience um so when you're when you're booking your your cruise, you can look and see you know my ship is going to be there on day x there's only two ships there. maybe Atlantis is a good idea you know or sure. or not depending on what what the schedule is.
0: Absolutely, and I think that I think that you hit the nail on the head there. When you're looking at Atlantis, there's just a couple things to keep in mind. Number one, it is also very pricey, especially if you actually want the water park, yeah. which it's really yeah. known, well known for. Uh, but yeah. number two is also look at the port schedule, and I'll post a link in our show notes to one of the many port scheduling websites that lets you pick out you know the, the island you're going to and the you know and it'll show you which ships are going to be in there. So if you got one or two, probably okay. But if you're yeah. you know in a situation like Aaron is describing where you've got six, seven. More ships yeah. in port. Yeah, maybe that's the day you don't go to Atlantis. You know. Yeah. So definitely some good advice there. So let's talk about everything else outside of Atlantis. I mean, uh, other things to do. You know, one of the things I used to do, and and something I'd still recommend, quite honestly, is I think NASA, while not the most cultural diverse place on Earth in terms of you know if we were to rank all the many places on earth to visit for cultural <laughs> activities i do think it has a little bit of history there which is kind of interesting and i've i've always enjoyed you know walking around the city a little bit going to you know check out christopher columbus's statue check out fort Fincastle, castle queen right, staircase right. do a little bit of shopping and i think there's something to be said if you've never done those things it is worth checking out especially the Queen's staircase i always enjoyed that as just on right on a cultural standpoint
1: right absolutely and you know and it helps if you get a a a guidebook or read online and, and, and read a little bit of the history and that will help inform it. Or, or if you find a good guide um, who can help you, absolutely. And there's, you know, there's also um, like, you know, there's good rum cake and there's the distillery and, and, and that sort of stuff is interesting. Absolutely. Um, You, you just, again, have to do a little, do a little planning and research to make sure that you're, uh, you're staying on well-traveled paths and you have a reputable guide.
0: I think it's I think it's a great point, Aaron, and certainly doing your research is important. This is true of anywhere you go. You go to New York City, you should do the same thing, you should
1: make Absolutely. Sure you're doing your yeah.
0: research, you know. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you're visiting. Right. The other website also that is really uh, useful and something that I started using in different ports, but I do realize they have other f- options. Is uh, have you ever heard of resortforaday.com? I have not. Okay, it's basically a a website, it's a distributor. I, they, I did it first. I used this website first when I went to Jamaica one time, mm-hmm. and they've Expanded out to almost every Caribbean port. The most cruise ships go to like Cozumel, Nassau, uh, Falmouth, etc. And they offer basically a lot of uh, resort passes, right? Kind of an Atlantis without going to Atlantis. The idea is that right. you want to go somewhere really beautiful. You want to use these. You know, because a lot of these resorts build these fantastic facilities, and you can get you know a day pass to you can use their facilities. You can go to use their pool. Some are all inclusive. Some are just essentially access. You know. You 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 know you you can use the pool, go in the ocean, whatever the case may be, and uh, you know this is also a pretty good resource if you're looking to just essentially kind of you know look for something different because I think a lot of people like the idea of Atlantis, but if you're there on a day where it's going to be busy, maybe you consider some other resorts as well. the The British Colonial Hilton is a great one that always comes to my mind uh, as one is you know it's another beautiful resort where you go sit at the beach, enjoy a day, and you know not have to worry so much about the. you know, being being swamped at Atlantis, because I think other resorts certainly don't experience the necessarily the kind right, of right. busyness, crowdedness that Atlantis does.
1: And if you're at a resort, uh, it, you know, there's probably good restroom facilities, a, a well-manicured beach, that sort of thing, which is probably what most people want, you know, a measure of safety, um, rather than sort of going off on your own. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a great idea. Heck yeah,
0: absolutely. Now, Aaron, there was uh, two other things that came to mind. I actually posted a... I tweeted to some of our – on our Twitter account to to my followers say, hey, we're going to be talking about NASA with you on here. And I got a couple of interesting responses about it. I don't know. I haven't been to any of these, so I'm just throwing them out there as another option (laughs) if you're considering a a place to NASA. One is if you're looking for a public beach, something where you don't want to pay – because a lot of these – everything we've talked about thus far has been a paid excursion. Yes, absolutely. If you're looking for something on the cheaper end of things, nothing wrong with that by any means. There's actually a great beach called Jukano Beach. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. J-U-N-K-O-O-K-A-O.
1: Junkanoo, Junkanoo. Yes. Junkanoo.
0: Yes. And that's a beautiful. Have you been there? I haven't been there yet. I've only seen I have
1: not been there. Um Junkanoo is their um their equivalent of Mardi Gras and I'll I'll tell you a story about that in a second. <laughs>
0: um, oh, good, Nice. <laughs> One of our uh good friends, Michael Poole did a guest review of of uh, Junkanoo Beach and I'll post the link in our show notes of that. But what's your tell me your tell me your story. I'd love to hear more.
1: No, well just um it's it's uh christmas celebration and so uh, the the very first time i was in nassau ever was uh when i was in high school and i was 15 ish and my younger sister was about 10 and uh we it was the it was their big culture it's it's like mardi gras there's big floats and scantily clad women and and feathers and <laughs> loud music and a lot of drunkenness i mean picture picture uh you know new orleans or or, or such and uh my mother went out into this with my 10-year-old ten, sister not knowing what to expect and basically had, you know, the crowds were so thick and it was so loud and so much, you know, flashing lights that my sister was basically like ripped from my mother's arms, sort of thing. And, and so I'm, as, as I'm telling this story this past week, I guess junkanoo was the the party was Christmas night and we were there december twenty sixth in the morning and the refuse on the street was like oh yeah, that's what my mom was talking about you know <laughs> just the the ripped up floats and the cans yes. and the bottles and they were cleaning up and it it looked like like if it weren't if it weren't a mom with a little kid, um, it would have been a fantastic time. You know, <laughs> like if if you were you know a twenty six year old guy who was looking for some fun, absolutely go to Junkanoo. But um, cool, yeah,
0: yeah. It, well, you're right. Different shorts for different folks, right? Right. And there's there's different things to do. The other thing that came to mind. Uh, two people actually recommended this one is the Bites of NASA food tasting and cultural walking tour. Uh, and I'll post the link in our show notes to this as well. Uh, this is uh, looking at their website. It's uh sixty nine dollars for adults, forty nine dollars for children, and it's essentially a a walking tour that involves a lot of eating at uh, six mm-hmm. local restaurants. So kind of interesting if you want to you know mix it up in in terms of being able to see a little bit of NASA, but also get to taste of a lot of NASA. And of course, who doesn't enjoy right. eating? I, <laughs> you
1: know, I haven't done that one myself, but I've also heard of it, and it, it sounds in the realm of reasonably priced for what you get. If, and it certainly includes lunch, so you're not paying extra for that, which is great. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And I'll post links to all these things we mentioned in our show notes so you don't have to worry about jotting them all down now. Um, so yeah, I mean, NASA is just you know, one of those things where I think you have to, obviously, research. I don't think... That, there are certain ports, Aaron, I'm sure we could think of some off the top of our head that you know you could walk off the ship and instantly find you know tons of things to do. But NASA, I think, does require a bit of work... Not work, but research, really, to to really to do it well and to make sure that what you're going to do is something you're really going to enjoy, right?
1: Right. Well, you know, I mean, and there is something to be said for, um, you know, just winging it and going to the straw market and seeing what the straw market is because it's certainly a cultural experience, you know, to see what, what that's about. But, um, you know, I think a lot of people have a lot of expectations about Caribbean ports that are going to be pristine beaches and, and that sort of thing. And, and those are certainly there, but you need to – educate yourself about about where you're going
0: absolutely and by the way quick quick note for for typical americans who can't get enough internet and need to need to get back connected the best internet in Nassau is the starbucks which is located very (coughs) close by and it's a if you're looking to get connected again and also probably pick up a, a your favorite starbucks drink it's not a bad place to uh to get a good connection and again that caffeine fix so anyway just thought you know that my, there. my
1: my kids will bless you for saying <laughs> <that>. <laughs> they, they thought they were going to get free internet at atlantis but it was twenty dollars to log in so i was like guys you know just stick with what we have and yeah, yeah. um yeah but that's a fabulous tip absolutely
0: yeah no you know I'm all, I'm all about trying local food and getting out there but sometimes you just need a little bit of starbucks i'm sorry <laughs> just a little bit you know to keep me sane i'm just saying
1: when I, when I was um, in college, uh, you know, I did this sort of European tour thing, and we used to call McDonald's the poor man's embassy. I think it's Starbucks now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. That's great. Before I let you go, Aaron, i got to ask you a couple things. If, can we talk Broadway for a little bit? Absolutely. Well, you know, there's Royal Caribbean. It's got a Broadway connection to it. So I'm going to ask you – got two Broadway questions for you as, as the <laughs> resident Broadway expert here. Uh, number one, if someone's going to New York City soon, maybe they're going on Anthem of the Sea, sailing out of Bayonne, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and they're going to be in the New York City area, and they want to catch a show. Aaron, this season, what are the top two or three shows in your opinion?
1: Oh, my God, Hamilton, but you'll never get tickets. Um, I mean, you'll get tickets <laughs> if you pay, like if you sell your children and you know maybe more than one of your children. Um, I, I personally am absolutely obsessed with Hamilton. Um, can't yes. get enough of it. Um yeah. Um am making my children listen to the soundtrack daily. I already have tickets to go again. Don't you know, stop me now from talking. Um <laughs> another one that's gotten great reviews, which I'm seeing in a couple of weeks, is the the color purple. It's apparently a great production. Um and I saw Fiddler on the Roof this week, which was a, a very nice production. Um there there's so much right now. I Broadway is really having a, a, a great renaissance. There's actually not not much that's running that's that's not good, um, which is fabulous for New York. Yeah.
0: Nice, and on on Royal Caribbean ships, of course, Royal Caribbean shows an, uh, a number of Broadway shows. And right now, Aaron, I'd like you to rate these four shows for me in, in okay. order of preference. Right. Okay,
1: pressure's on. I got it. Okay, yeah,
0: pressure's on. All right, Grease, uh-huh. Mamma Mia, uh-huh. Cats, Saturday Night Fever.
1: Okay, Saturday Night Fever. I've seen the movie, but I've never seen the show. I like cats. Mama Mia. Yes.
0: Cats. I, cats
1: is scary. Cats is a little, <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> my my wife. My wife. My wife is says that there. You either love Andrew Lloyd Webber or you don't like Andrew Lloyd Webber, and she is of the second category.
1: I don't mind Andrew Lloyd Webber. I just think like the the people as cats thing is a little disturbing. <laughs> that just freaks you out. <laughs> dec- oh, Andrew Lloyd Webber is back on Broadway now um, with School of Rock, which we saw over Thanksgiving, which is actually. If you're a fan of the movie, it doesn't disappoint. Um, and if you have kids, that's a, that's a really good choice, actually, right now. I'd go Mama Mia, Grease, Cats, and I can't comment on Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever. So. Fair
0: enough. And Aaron, I've just got a couple more. Since you know, I know you don't cruise with Royal Caribbean, you cruise with Disney quite often. But you know, I think there's some questions here i can ask. Just a quick-fire question, just so that the audience gets to know you a little bit and kind of okay. get your, your, your style. So I'm going to give you a couple questions. Just give me the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. All right. Favorite restaurant on a Disney Cruise Line ship, in your case?
1: Uh, went to Remy for the first time recently. Finally, and that was that was pretty amazing. Yes.
0: Preferred drink while on a cruise?
1: Uh, anything bubbly, bubbly, <laughs> right. anything there bubbly. Yes.
0: I like that. Favorite port of call to visit?
1: Um, well, we over the summer went to um, Copenhagen as a as a departure port and that was my kids' favorite place they have ever been in their whole lives and we're actually going back this summer because we could not get enough of it. Um, So Copenhagen is the the most amazing place.
0: My sister spent a semester in Copenhagen and she still talks about, waxes poetically about it and she's a lot closer to your daughter's age uh, than than I am so I can (laughs) certainly, I can certainly understand that.
1: They were like, "Why is it we live where we live and not here?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, I think it's probably coming from that album you just talked about. Favorite song on the radio or iPod today?
1: Oh, and, and the the Hamilton soundtrack is what I'm listening to these days. Yes,
0: anything just on repeat, right?
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely, yes.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, Aaron, always a pleasure to have you on here. And, of course, uh, if, if people want to check out the, the great work you've done, uh, I'm going to recommend checking out The Unofficial Guide to Disney Cruise Line 2016. just came out. Yep, I'll post yep. a link in our show notes again to that. So, Aaron, thanks so much for, for everything, and uh, always a pleasure talking cruising with you.
1: Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, it's time to talk Royal Caribbean with all of you, virtually at least, and this is the part of the show every week where we read some of your emails all about Royal Caribbean, whether it's a question, a comment, whatever's on your mind about Royal Caribbean, this is your opportunity to talk about it. And of course, if you want your email ready for saying, that, I, I would love to email in and share some of my thoughts or ask you a question about Royal Caribbean, well, the email address you need is matt at com. M-A-T-T at blog. Com. And our first email today comes from Bob from Deltona, a.k.a. Fat Bob, who's a proud Royal Caribbean Blog insider. Love that, Bob. Thank you so much for supporting Royal Caribbean Blog. And Bob writes, I'll be selling November 2016 on Oasis of the Seas with a group of old women 76 and up. Someone has to do it. <laughs> the question was, what if it rains, do they close Central Park and the boardwalk areas? The old ladies were given my answer from the Book of Matt. It doesn't rain long and you're on a cruise. Why are you worried? There are hundreds of other things to do. We can never even do them all in a week. So there you go. Bob, that's a great answer. I love it. I'm going to borrow that answer, Bob, if that's all right. There you go. There's plenty to do. Don't worry about it. And it probably won't be raining for that long. So concise, easy, and correct answer. So, Bob, thank you so much for the email. Let's move on to our next email. It is from Keith Davis, who writes, thanks for the mention on the podcast this week. There was one thing I wanted to tell you previously that I remembered when I listened. Regarding the drink package, we, as Diamond, Crown, and Anchor members, would never get our money's worth out of it. First, my wife is not a big drinker, so only I would get the package, paying a la carte for my wife. In the four days, our total bar tab was about $150 for both of us, and I pretty much drank as much as I wanted. Between a couple of BOGO Diamond coupons on beer And the Diamond Lounge slash drink vouchers, I would have had to be really putting them away to make the drink package worthwhile, have a great time, and enjoy the podcast. I look forward to the Periscopes. Awesome, Keith. And you know what? I think that you bring up a good point about folks that are certainly established Royal Caribbean cruisers and members of Crown Anchor Society, and I think this probably pertains more to people that are at least Diamond level or above. And as many of you know, or you may not know, Diamond members receive certain benefits and namely, among them, the best ones is they get certain free drinks in the evening and free alcohol drinks, I should say. And because of that, for a lot of people, you know, if you figure, well, you're getting, you know, three drinks at least every evening for free or at least included, you know, does a drink package really make worthwhile? And it just goes back to my basic guidelines for the Royal Caribbean's Unlimited Drink Package, and that is. There is no one answer for everybody. I cannot sit here and tell you everybody should get the drink package or everybody should not get the drink package. Absolutely not. That would be wrong of me to say. The correct answer is you've got to figure it out for yourself. you got to look at where you are in Crown and Anchor Society, how much you like to drink, and you know a lot of other factors. I mean, Keith described his family, him and his wife, and they're not heavy drinkers by any means. I could, I bet you I could find 100 Diamond members who get their money's worth out of the drink packages and another 100... Diamond members who don't, you know, it, everyone's very different. Everyone drinks differently. It's, we're all different people, and that's what's great about Royal Caribbean is that you have that option. And that's what I think, a, quite honestly, a a good feature, if you will, that Royal Caribbean offers is that it's very modular cruise experience. Meaning, we all we all pay whatever we pay to get on board, but then we have the option of buying a drink package. We have the option of dining, especially dining. We have the option of going to the Michael Kors store and buying our wives really expensive jewelry and sunglasses. I mean, it's not like it's, you know, if it was all included, guess what? We'd all be paying for it, whether we use it or not. Here, we have the option. And to me, I love having that option. Whether I use it or not, that's a different story, but to, I like having at least the option there, because to me, I it's better to have too many choices than not enough. So, Keith, I appreciate the feedback, and I think that a lot of people probably are going to be agreeing with you there in terms of your experience, but it's always good to get everyone's opinion on theirs. So thank you, Keith. Next up, we have an email from Rick, who's, I'm really enjoying your blog, podcast, and Periscopes. Greatly appreciated. I haven't been on Royal Caribbean in years, but you have slowly but surely convinced me to give it another shot. I'm planning a spring break cruise for 2017. This will also be a high school graduation cruise for two of my children. We're a family of six, 20-year-olds in college, twin 16-year-old boys, and a nine-year-old girl. My college son most likely will not be sailing. My wife has always desired to do the Southern Caribbean, so we're looking at two ships that leave the same weekend, Adventure of the leaves on a Saturday and Jewel of the leaves on Sunday. I noticed that pricing is quite a bit higher on Adventure. I can actually book, as of the time I'm writing this, a two-bedroom suite on the Jewel for less than the two balcony staterooms that would cost me on Adventure. I'm not sure the ships matter as much as these ships are pretty much in the port every day except for the return sea day. I also believe both ships are going to be experiencing upgrades next year. Are the upgrades the only changes that are made or does Royal Caribbean do other things like change carpets and other typical refurbishments? Any recommendations or suggestions on which ship? And also you have a travel agency you recommend at MEI? Great question there, Rick. That's certainly something that is really uh, important to to recognize, which is if you are doing a Southern Caribbean cruise, which Royal Caribbean offers a number out of San Juan, Puerto Rico on Adventure of the Seas and Jewel of the Seas, what's the difference? Why would you pick one ship over another? You are correct that both ships are due for refurbishments and that can certainly influence your decision a little bit. I guess let's look at it from a very basic standpoint and that is at its heart, Adventure of the Seas, a Voyager-class ship, is a much larger ship than Jewel of the Seas, a Radiance-class ship. And even after the refurbishment's coming to both ships, I really believe that Adventure of the Seas still is going to offer a whole lot more. I mean, inevitably, it's going to offer things like an ice skating rink. It already does that, in fact, today. And it's got a royal promenade. Those two things, for a lot of people, are enough to swing it that way. I think that's why maybe you're seeing adventure pricing being a little more pricier than what Jewel is offering, because Jewel, again, is a smaller ship, it offers a little less in terms of just, you know, all the amazing activities Roker may be known for. Not to take anything away from it, as you're probably well aware, Rick. I took a cruise on Jewel He's loved it, did the same itinerary we're describing here. So, you know, there's there's a lot of different factors. It's not just one or two that you can distinguish. This isn't, you know, the difference between, you know, it has this as X and this as Y. There's a lot of different things. But I, my perception, right or wrong, is that Adventure of the Seas being a Voyager class ship offers more on boards thus it gets you know a little bit higher pricing who knows there could be some other factors that are playing there, but that's kind of my my take on that in terms of your other question about do you use a uh, which travel you, first of all of course MEI Travel is a sponsor of Royal Korean Block so thank you for at least considering them and my suggestion is I, I've used a number of different agents at MEI Travel. They're all very, very good. But the interesting thing about them and the reason why I've worked with them for so many years is because they really have an attention to detail in terms of their their agents. They're not just people that are just taking orders and processing them. They they know their stuff about Royal Caribbean. They've been cruising with them, and they are actively fans of what they do. So. I don't think you'd have any problem with any of them, Rick. All you have to do is fill out one of the forms, which RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. You'll they're all over there on the right-hand side of the page. Fill that out. They'll be more than happy to work with you. And, of course, there's no obligation. So you can just ask for a quote and up to you whether you want to book with them or not. And, again, thank you for at least considering using our sponsors. It always helps Royal Caribbean. So Royal Caribbean Blog, rather, for all that. And your other question, Rick, was I don't believe I totally understand what we can expect if we decide to do the suite on Jewel. I know there's a concierge line, and that clothes can be pressed for free on the first formal night. I believe that there are also priority embarkation, debarkation, and port tenders. Is there any dining in suite beyond the typical room service? For example, can we get full breakfast or other meals in suite? I can't seem to find any other information on that anywhere. The good news is your hunch is pretty much accurate. There are lots of actually services you get with GOAT being in a suite beyond just the obvious ones that you've probably already mentioned here. Actually, it's kind of interesting. This question coincides perfectly with an email I just got, actually, from one of our other listeners, Christy McClarty, who was on Oasis of the Seas. Now, granted, it is a different ship, very different class of ships than what we we're considering. But let me give you an example of some of the services that are available for suites on Oasis of the Seas, and Keep in mind that there are going to be some carryover, maybe not some others, but it should give you an idea of kind of why beyond just the obvious you're getting it, the obvious being, of course, you get a nicer room. What are the other options that are there? Certainly you have Continental Breakfast in the Sweet Lounge. You have a la carte breakfast in, Col- in this case, Coastal Kitchen, but obviously you don't have that on, on that kind of a ship. Drinks available in the concierge lounge. And something you also hinted at was the main dining room menu for dinner is available through room service. So rather than in any kind of state room, you can always order room service, right? But there's a fixed menu that you can order, and it's a couple different items on there. When you're staying in the suite, you can actually order off the main dining room menu and have it delivered to your suite. So that way, you have it, essentially... You can have a main dining room food, anything on there in your suite. That's really a, a quite a big perk, quite honestly. There's also complimentary fruit plate and Evian water on boarding day. There's a, there's an exclusive pillow menu for with four pillow options, bathrobes, complimentary pressing service on the first formal night, show reservations that are kind of reserved for you, VIP seating for, for certain shows. Again, there's receptions for suite guests. And again assistance with embarkation and debarkation and all of this to make your life a whole lot easier and there is actually more than that and this is just a couple of them I could just rattle off here based on this list that I have but basically you're getting a lot of other little perks here and there to eh, forgive the pun here sweeten up the the experience make you feel special essentially because that's what you are you're one of the top tier guests on board you're paying a lot we wants to give you a lot. And that's essentially why you're looking to do it. Obviously, the the heart of a suite is the suite itself. It's the getting more space, having a huge balcony, getting the double crown and anchor points. I mean, there's lots of things like that that are, I think a lot of people understand. But there are a lot of other little perks behind the scenes. And certainly, I'm not sure that we. I would go as far to say that booking any suite is a good value proposition from the standpoint of what you pay is going to be a great value. But it's a great way to reward yourself. That's what suites are all about. It's about saying, you know what? I deserve something a little bit better, and in your case, you're looking at that two-bedroom suite for you and your family. It's going to be a great cruise, no question about it. I think you're definitely going in the right direction, and you know what? It's That's what vacation is all about, right? Having a great time, enjoying it, and making great memories while you're on board, and I think you're, you're right on track there. So hopefully that kind of sets you in the right direction. If you have any other questions, always, always, always a pleasure to answer them here at Royal Caribbean Blocks, So do not be a stranger, my friend. All Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Thank you all so much for being a part of it. And, of course, I also want to say a big thank you to the Royal Caribbean Blog Insiders. They are a group of friends who contribute to Royal Caribbean Blog financially, and they get some really cool rewards like a special Facebook group, special merchandise, early access to any special events that we're having, and a whole lot more. There's really a really – I think some very cool – rewards for being a Royal Caribbean Blog Insider. And if you want to be an insider, you can be one for as little as just $1 a month. All you have to do is go to royalcaribbeanblog.com slash support, com slash support. Of course, I will post the link in the show notes, so that way it's very easy to get to. And also, just thank you to everybody for taking some time and listening to Royal Caribbean Blog. I know that we're all busy, even with the holidays behind us now and There's always something going on, right? No one's sitting around on their hands all the time. But I really appreciate you taking the time to talk Royal Caribbean with me each and every week, whether it's listening to this podcast, visiting royalcaribbeanblog.com, talking with me on Periscope. Guys, I mean it when I say I consider each and every one of you my friends because we're all, we all love Royal Caribbean. We all love talking Royal Caribbean and that's all I need to be friends. And and I feel like we have that kind of a, a, a relationship here on the Royal Caribbean blog podcast. So thank you all really, really so much for being a part of it. And until next week, I'm Matt Hotchberg. We'll talk again soon.